Hey everyone, I'm Zach Slater and this is Let Me Know How It Is, a podcast that discusses comic books, movies, television, and animation. This is the first of our Spotlight series where we look back on a particular show, movie, or creator. Today we spotlight the Disney animated series Gargoyles. I hope you like it. So Disney has just launched their streaming service, Disney Plus, and as a result, a hashtag Keep Binging Gargoyles campaign has just begun on Twitter, similar to the Keep Binging Young Justice campaign that ultimately brought that show back. So uh, it just seems like a perfect time to talk about this series. I'm thinking so. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Mellon. I'm Tommy Smithereens. I'm Clifton. Okay, so uh, just to catch up anybody who is not aware. So Gargoyles was an animated series produced at Disney that ran from 1994 to 1997 for two seasons, and then was rebranded as the Goliath Chronicles for its third season. The show uh, credits no creator, but producer Greg Weissman, is the name you're going to hear a lot in this episode, uh, is wildly considered at the very least the show's co-creator, along with a plethora of other talent. So I'll name off a bunch of those guys. Michael Hirsch, Frank Parr, Michael Reeves, Carrie Bates, Steve Perry among other names like that. So they were also uh, integral for the show's development along the way. So Weissman did not return for Goliath Chronicles, but he did submit a script for the show's first episode, The Journey, which because of his absence was changed uh, a lot. And so he considers the entire third season not canon. So, but he's made it very clear over the years that he would want to come back and revisit the series at some point. So I think if Disney decides to do gargoyles coming back i don't think you're gonna have to convince him all that much to come back so let's get into it very good yeah i know keith davis said recently he said that uh goliath was one of the most uh, enticing richest characters he's ever worked on and he would absolutely want to come back for it if disney's open to doing it so that's that's one that's one (laughs) that's that's a very important one to have the lead character coming back yeah Yeah, (laughs) kind of essential yes so we all talked. We all talked about watching the pilot before this first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, before this, before doing this episode, what struck me watching the pilot again and knowing where the show goes is like I'm amazed at the amount of pipe that they laid very early on. Where like this person comes back and that person comes back. I see what you're saying. And what you watch the first episodes, he sets up a lot of character arcs that develop through the course of the series of the show. Some of which you don't even realize until um, the second season in which it carries on well after the appearance of the main characters. Hell, the, the one of the main antagonists don't show up until, what, the third act of the um, the premiere, so to speak. But interesting. Be specific. Who are you talking about? Though? Demona. Demona oh, okay, doesn't come right, up until right. the end. But we're talking about, when we say pilot, we're talking about the first five episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. which is worth pointing out. It, it, yes. a, it started out with a five-episode pilot arc mm. called The Awakening, Yes, which was... A thing back then. Yes. <laughs> Five episode so. pilots was a very common thing in, in cartoons in the 80s. Well, actually, it was, I would say it was, uh, it wasn't even, a, it was chopped up into five episodes. I remember when it debuted, it was actually a VCR game when it dropped. Really? In which, uh, God, I want to say I had it, but I didn't because mm. I think I could have got it from Blockbuster <laughs> in which they um, sold it. But similar to what Clifton was saying, Initially, when cartoons dropped, you would see a movie mm-hmm. and then they yeah. chop it up into five episodes during the course of the week so you can hungrily watch it every day for after that week school. after school. And and it was common at the time, like these were when these shows were being picked up with 65 episode yes. season one orders 
yes. before airing. Right. So mm-hmm. you can devote five episodes right. and say, yeah, these five episodes are the pilot. Mm-hmm. Once season orders became shorter, that's when you started getting like two part pilots is a mm-hmm. more common thing. But DuckTales was one that did it. Thundercats was another one that did yeah. it. Yeah. Thundercats was only two parts. Was it? Yeah, Yeah. Thundercats was only two Two. parts opening. Yeah, Exodus in part one and two. Uh, G.I. Joe had two two miniseries, plus a third that actually started their first real season. Yes. yes. Because the first two were the Weather Weather Dominator. (laughs) And the one that actually started their season was Pyramid of Darkness. Uh, Yes, yes. uh, Which I love. I'm trying to think of some of the other Disney ones. Chippendale. Chippendale, G.I. Duck. Tales did five. Yeah. Um, Tailspin? Gummy Bears? Tailspin, I can't remember. Gummy, gummy Bears, bears did I don't not. think so. Gummy Bears did not. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm ready to do no. an episode devoted to Gummy Bears. <laughs> I mean, gummy, gummy Bears, bears. was an important precursor to the show, though, because he, like, I, I was doing research for this. Weissman originally had pitched this show as sort of an action comedy in the vein of Gummy Bears. Hmm, really? Like, he talks up Gummy Bears to this day. Oh, no. Gummy Bears uh, It's a shared great. universe. I love Gummy Bears. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my theory. I'm putting that it was, out there. All right. That was kind of a, that was sort of a, a, the, the first basis for it. Yeah. They, I mean, he pitched this show apparently three times. I guess so, that was is. the thing. So, this is, this is Weissman's first actual foray as a producer okay. in this. Before that, he was a development executive where he would pitch shows to Disney all the time. Mm. Every so often, he'd pitch this, pitch that, but they would always buy one or two of them, and then he would, mm. you know. But this is the first one that was so close to, because he developed it three times and pitched it over and over again. He got so close to it that he made them essentially like, no, 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 I want to actually do this one. They're like, you've never produced before. But he's like, okay, I never did this other thing before you hired me to do that. So let me, let <laughs> me produce. This. Yeah. Gummy Bears is a favorite of mine. I can sing that theme song <laughs> <laughs> like no other. I'm sure all of us, if not at least half was big. I was not a Gummy Bears guy. I mean, it was. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> for me. Wow. I mean, I've seen it. I'm we familiar with it. We need to hold you down and Silly Island's open. I mean, don't get wrong. It. I love it. Disney afternoon, I'm all about it, but I never, Gummy Bears, I'm like, eh. I didn't Saturday watch it. Saturday morning. Yeah, it was a Saturday morning. It was NBC. prime time for yep. a cartoon. Mm-hmm. God, I, I love Gummy Bears. I was not a Disney Bears. afternoon guy. So, so I'm the one person at this table, I think, that discovered Gargoyles years after the fact, I, I, no, I think I was, I'm the one. That's, I was a Fox Kids guy. I watched Bobby's World and Eat I'm, the Cat and stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. I'm the last of all of us. I think I'm the last one to watch it. Are you entirely? Possibly, yeah. I think I am because I didn't get to it until way late. Did you really? Yeah. Is yeah. after you found out about the Star Trek Generations cast? No, you put me on. You were like, you need to watch Gargoyles. Watch oh. Gargoyles. And you basically gave me Gargoyles to watch, and I watched Gargoyles. And then you were like, don't bother with season three because it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to this day. So I never watched it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for me, rewatching the the the, the five part or watching the re- rewatching Awakening, you know, you do see how much pipe they lay. You also see, you know, the, the seeds the seeds that they plant. Yes, you know that, that basically. That. It's amazing to me when I look at it and think about the little bits that I'm like, well, this is going to develop into this, and surely we're going to see this character again, and this is a whole thing. And it's one of those things where you know, when you write stuff and create stuff, you see that kind of thing like in comics all the time, where it's like someone who says. You know, you go back and look at a first issue, you do a re- reread of something and you can tell again, well, I, I see, you know, this is the potential to become this or it eventually becomes that. And I'm always curious from a creative standpoint, whether or not Weissman knew how much of it he had mapped out. Because like right. when we, I remember telling you when we, we read that, um, it's in one of those Avatar, the last Airbender art books mm-hmm. where the the two guys. Konechko. Yes. Yeah. Steve Martin. Yes. Yeah. They basically said that when they, they initially went into pitch 
Avatar, it was a lot different. You know, there was a lot more. The, the, and then by the end of the pitch, they basically had laid out three seasons worth of what they wanted to do for the most part of like, this is our beginning and ending. And yeah. pitch meetings don't normally go that way because you don't want to give them everything that you have. Right. So it's one of those, I'm, I've always been curious about whether Weissman knew how much. Well, you can see the pitch. Yeah. The, yeah, the pitch is online and okay. it's, it's like a DVD extra on the first season. Ah, which no. I, 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 I don't know if it's the actual pitch he did to Michael Eisner, uh-huh. who, was, who was like the head of Disney at that time, like of, of everything. Uh, or if it was like a rehearsal that they just filmed uh, over okay. and over again, but like, but yeah, but almost you, like a radio you play. See, you could see, no, no, I mean he's got art and everything uh, like that. Okay, okay. Uh, so they like, mounted like, on boards. Yeah, okay. some early concept art. Gotcha. So you've seen it too. I have seen it as well. Okay. Yeah, no, it is it is really cool. But I, I, but you you Frank, you were going in a direction that I was thinking of too, because so the first season's only thirteen episodes, mm-hmm. and. If you look at the back cover of um, not the not the back cover, the inside flap of the season two DVD, which mm-hmm. is how I saw the show, there's like almost like a like a forward by Weissman on there where he's talking about. So we got picked up after the first season, and they were asking like how many more episodes could we go, and then he was like, "Well, we can do another thirteen easily. We can do maybe sixteen if we push, and if we really really push hard, we can do maybe twenty. Right? And they were like, "All right, you're picked up for fifty two. <laughs> and, then, and, then so, and then it was like so immediately they started going into we got to make this world bigger we got to absolutely mm. make this world bigger ah, so, that makes so that's what i'm thinking about watching the first episode was how much of this was intentional right and how much is this like all right like we got to build this stuff out so okay what can we go in mind and okay there's these two characters over here that we can end up using. let's give them an arc later yeah right yeah. well because yeah. i was i mean it, it, when, when i think about that kind of stuff i, I once had a conversation with mark wade about during underworld unleash and this is a spoiler for that book but it happens in the first couple of pages and it's a million years old but he kills off the rogues gallery from the flash in like the first three or three or four pages of that book and i remember asking him at the time when they did um when they first introduced Prometheus in those one shots with villain one shots, mm-hmm. he brings back the rogues. And I asked him, I said, did you have, did you intend to bring back, you know, kill them off and have that big moment and then bring them back for the book? And he was like, oh, yeah, I totally planned on, <laughs> you know, he's like, no, he's like, it was a terrible mistake that I killed off the rogues in that. I, I wanted a big moment for Underworld Unleashed. And then I realized <laughs> the Flash needs, you know, somebody. To I fight. mean, he kills off the entirety of the rogues gallery in that book. He's the one that I buy that. Quick, well, quick, quick side note. So I, I heard an interview with him on Nerdist Writers Panel. So shout out to them. So Wade was there. They were talking about how much he has fleshed out. And he says that when he writes a cliffhanger to the epi- to, to an issue, mm-hmm. that he doesn't know how he's going to get out of that when he does the next issue. Right. I read that and too. Th- and that's apparently like that's just one of the ways he relaxes and stuff like that like in his <laughs> time like off is he like is he likes solving puzzles so he likes kind of macgyvering it and going wow. and and his sense was like if if he doesn't know where it's going you can't predict Where's what he's going to do next so he likes going into it with a little bit of um okay like i got this power uh What's the word I'm looking for? I, I got, I got like th- this assortment of powers. I got this situation. Mm-hmm. So how is Daredevil going to get out? Of right, this? exactly. So yes. when he says that he didn't know that, I absolutely buy it. I think it's terrifying to write that. Yes. Right. <laughs> no, he says that too, though. He's like, he's like, first of all, I hate that Mark Wade. Right. When I get to when <laughs> sure. I sit down for that, like, right. Yeah. Well, when, like I said, when we had the conversation at the time, he was like, "Oh no, it was kind of a, you know, I, I need to bring them back. I'm glad I was able to bring it back this way. That kind of thing." So. Okay, no, but your your realization or your information based upon that 
makes a lot of sense if you look back at the episodes in which they do. But having that many episodes, geez, you can definitely tell it's made the animation suffer. Because I'll tell you specific episodes in which it was like, wow, um, this was rushed. As opposed <laughs> to um, those first 13, which look sharp, tight, colorful. I mean, it, you can see a sharp contrast in um, production value as opposed to the first 13. At least that's what, I mean, I, yeah. that's what I saw. I mean, different studios yeah, but have I'm, different... I mean, the different overseas studios like have. No, I yeah, no, I get that, but I, I, I just can't help but think that if it was a smaller season, that yeah. you, you wouldn't have to, you know, send it out to many, so many studios in order to keep that time schedule, especially during that era in which the um, five cartoons a week schedule prevailed, as opposed to now in which new episodes come and then they're done, and then you gotta right. wait a couple months till the next new episodes come because I don't think God, was it twenty? 20, uh, this is the 80s, 90s? When they did like, 94. 94, yeah. 25 years this year, actually. Yeah, it was part of that era in which is how they debut cartoons. They don't do that anymore. At least not to not to my knowledge. I can't even recall the last cartoon that does that many episodes in that short of span of time. Probably hurt the longevity of the cartoon overall because now you have cartoons... Well, it was a that different six or seven years was a different own. marketplace. I mean, those yeah. that was when shows were syndicated, like right from the green light. Yeah, and like that was a big thing about it. like. And I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I know that that was a big change between seasons two and three. Okay. Was season three became like a network show, yeah. and and standards and practices had like a little bit of a of more of a say. Yeah. over what happened in that but the first two seasons were syndicated right from the get-go where they sold it essentially to different markets over the like uh around the country well that's a shame well, that, that that's a shame because i always felt that show was ahead of its time the serialization of that of having a continual storyline and the characters evolving you didn't see that in cartoons you may have seen no. allusions to other things that certain ones did but each one was a standalone episode in which they just move forward with, you know, you know what happened you, after this, but you can watch it in any order. You didn't see it on TV all that often. No, even you didn't. I would say. No, you didn't. At that point. Like, yet alone cartoons. I mean, you're right. Like, no cartoons really did it at that time. Yeah, it was much uh, more comic book styled, yeah. soap opera no, style, serialized storytelling, which yeah. you didn't see. <laughs> I mean, there was, there was the point in time where you were getting some more sophisticated storytelling in animation that mean the animated series had just been going a couple years by that point um one that i've just uh, had on my list as another five-part pilot was pirates of dark water oh, around yeah. that time that which was, was uh, you know pretty daring adventure series for the time mm-hmm. but yeah it was definitely like that's the early kind of vanguard mm-hmm. of the more mature-ish storytelling just yeah. being Meaning like sophisticated stories, like mm. not talking down to kids. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, not just pandering for toys. Right. Well, that's yeah. one thing. Yeah. That's one thing that you you also you know in just reviewing some of the episodes you see about gargoyles is the fact that yeah there were a lot there was a lot of issue quote unquote episodes, but they weren't they didn't have the same feel as like other cartoons where you're basically hammered over the head of like how you should feel it wasn't like right. the more you know or or it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like you know or, or it was or it wasn't yeah yeah or the, the he-man talking to you at the right. end of the episode yeah. telling you what you learned it's okay to feel weird about your body yeah. right? you know you know 
it's not it's nothing like that it was there were the episodes it, it made sense why the characters were going through what they were going through you know or what yeah. it, or reacting to what had happened and it just happened to be a bigger moral that was in the story that didn't necessarily it wasn't they were telling you a story while telling you a moral at yeah. the same time but and those things had lasting effects too right so i mean so you're talking about the gun episode yeah oh, yeah one. About the, that's the one yeah. sure sure and, that, and and like and broadway has that like a version of the guns the yeah. rest of the series mm-hmm well, you notice too, um, if you look at the series progression. Well, what that, was the gun episode? It was uh, episode eight. I remember I'm trying to, what was the name of it? Deadly. Hang on. Consult the internet, everybody. Uh, yes. <laughs> I was looking yeah. at this earlier. I should have. Deadly Force. Deadly Force. Deadly Force. Thank yes. you. If you notice after the episode, she puts away her gun. So it was, it was not only about gun violence, but... Uh, Being uh, responsible. Yeah, yeah, gun ownership. You can explain a little bit of the situation because I actually don't remember the episode. Okay, no, but the episode <laughs> starts off in which um, I'm trying to think the Burley one. Is Broadway. It Bro- Broadway. 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 enamored by a movie or something. TV watches, show or TV something. Show some something. cop show or something. But he's, you know, he's hyped up by it and he uh, goes to Lisa's house to talk about it more. And if I recall, um, as a result of it, she goes to sleep or something or steps away but doesn't put her gun away. And Broadway sees and pokes up and, and starts playing with it. Acting like he's a cop or a detective, even as the you know the hat on there, like from New York, so it's whatever. Right. But what makes it interesting is you hear the gun go off, and then uh, I think Elisa drops or whatever. Right? Yes. What's nice about it is uh, Broadway doesn't immediately tell his clan what he did, so he has him and Gar- uh, Goliath going to look out for who shot Elisa. Right. Until yeah. he actually confesses to doing it, and then you see what what's nice is. After the episode, you see his aversion to guns because every time a gun is present, he takes the time to yeah, break it up. Yeah. Exactly. But what another subtle thing is, Elisa never uh, uh, leaves it out. You always see uh, action when she puts it in a safe yeah. from that point forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's just a big message, not only to kids, but gun ownership responsibility. Right. Well, is, not to cut you off. No, sorry. that's all. No, I mean, no. the other thing I liked about that episode is the fact that arguably the most childlike of the gargoyles mm-hmm. is the one that shoots her. And it's one of those things where, unfortunately, in, in situations where that stuff happens, you know, it's not a kid being malicious or being evil. It's a kid playing with a gun or replicating. And it was done in a really well, a way that it was, it made sense and it was plausible, but it also you could relate, you know, a kid could recognize the fact that playing with guns is dangerous. And then as an adult, Lisa could also recognize the fact that having the gun out is, is just as dangerous because a kid has access to a weapon. Right. Yeah. But yeah. the but the crazy part of the episode, it was banned. Yeah, after it was That's aired. The thing too. They yeah. they act like it never occurred. They tried to edit it up. Yeah, they tried they to did, edit it. They did. They yeah. did do an edited version of it. Where so it, in in the original broadcast, you, you do actually see Maza on the on the ground. On the ground. And there's and there's blood. Mm-hmm. And then they, for when it's like when it switched networks or something, I think I could have this wrong, but they definitely like zoomed in on the shot yeah. it was a shot of her face yes. only yeah at that yeah. like for a while and then uh and then you guys are saying like it got cut entirely it got cut entirely yeah. for a while it, it, it wasn't until uh, it resurfaced in disney's um specific cable station that it came or yeah. when they brought it back for that or for something else no for i think for it's H- uncut on the dvd is it too, yeah. yeah so i mean it like whenever the show springs back up i, I mean the, this episode gets discussed like which version is on like i mean yeah disney plus i i saw People online even talking about it, like which version is, is it the edited version or which version you know, is it? I think it's the unedited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's well, but again, it was well ahead of its time and when it developed and when it showed. Yeah, because at first they were opposed to putting that on regular TV. Right to the point that now it's like, no, nah, go ahead, show it. It's it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, but no, but again, uh, Gargo is another example of it being ahead of its time. 
in which um when it came and out literacy stuff too like which, yeah which was broadway, broadway was also was also like the the focal character for that word am i am i mistaken on that i thought yeah. it was i thought he was the one that got like really into reading no no, no it's not broadway it's it was hudson is it hudson? Oh, yeah. right okay my mistake yeah because he was the oldest of the gargoyles in which he was um he was ashamed of the fact that he couldn't read. Right, never right. learned how. Yeah, it was the, it was the episode of the Lighthouse in Does the Sea make, of Time. He makes friends with a blind man. Yeah, yes. yeah, Is it yeah. That episode? yeah. And actually, he's the one that teaches him how to read right. as a result of uh, his. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Oh, it's a very it's a really good strong one. one. Yeah. yeah, but it's nice because again, the character development—you see the character reading more or uh, taking the time to look at stuff and uh, examine it better yeah. as a result of it. It gets him out of jams. I remember oh, a couple of time. times where like yeah. he's he's got to like read something that the other ones reading. don't the other ones don't know how to how to yeah yeah. And yeah but again it's one of those things where i think that again with, with character development uh, you know you look at again getting back to like avatar last Air, last airbender and the progression of those characters are from where they start off in the beginning to where they end up you know that not only in design i mean design sense you don't really get that in gargoyles but you definitely get that's another one i point to that i'm like the character development from the beginning to the end constantly changes over the seasons mm -hmm. yeah and so they refer and it's one of the things where I think that Gargoyles does really well is the fact that, like I said, sometimes it's subtle reference to stuff that's gone on before. And sometimes it's like, no, it's like a full on reference of what they've seen or what they've experienced. And I think yeah. a lot of cartoons, especially at the time, like your G.I. Joes didn't really, you know, your Transformers, you didn't really do that sort of thing. It's pretty well, much a reset button yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah every time. basically. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, you bring up Avatar and, and those are those shows are all ones that are super special to me because that they're wholly original ideas they're mm -hmm. not based off of a manga or a comic book or toy candy <laughs> you know right uh, hey, fight towards gummy bears right. no, I'm just hey. like, but i mean it's just like that's we we don't know which way to lean on the ride like these are all like mm -hmm. you know for it to not be based on anything and to come up with a world like this lush in both in both those occasions and, and gargoyles and avatar and you know, and I'll throw Dragon Prince in there right now. Yeah, like, yeah. I absolutely yeah. put in that same category. I think that it's refreshing that it that we didn't get something that was so motivated by other things. Uh, but I will say it wasn't a hundred percent original, like uh, the other ones that you mentioned before, and just because of his lean towards Shakespeare, mm -hmm. he yeah. did a heavy lean towards Shakespeare and a lot of his stuff. Not to say I didn't like it, but um, if if you are you know accustomed to reading anything or even knowing a little hint of Shakespeare, I, I guess that's the way of bringing adults into it. I think just when you compare that and say Spectacular Spider-Man, yeah, you know it's clear that he has a bent. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he has a thing for Spider-Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. which isn't a God. bad thing at all. I can't, no. wait. I can't wait to do a look back on Spectacular Spider-Man. Also, yeah. I'm just saying, but, but, but it's almost similar to how he did Spectacular with that first episode where he like packs a lot of people mm, who are, become yeah. their adversaries without initially even knowing it. And well, yeah, I mean, he makes nods and gargoyles, especially to, to you know, Arthurian legend. And, oh, yeah. And, and mm -hmm. a ton and, and Norse mythology. Norse a ton mythology. Of other, a ton of yeah. other stuff. That's mythology yeah. in general. But my thing is that, you know, as we've talked about before with, with Young Justice and with Spectacular, you know, those are reshuffles. Those are yeah. those are taking stuff that's already been established and putting your spin on it and, or putting it out of order or, you know, changing up how this person becomes, you know, electro or... That kind of thing but i think again the bigger thing with gargoyles is there even though yeah it, it leans on shakespeare or leans on mythology it's still pretty much whole cloth and its nucleus is a brand new idea yeah yeah and Unlike even some the, of that shakespeare stuff it is 
It's just more referential. It, it, than yeah, yeah, and that's it, is, it, it is yeah, through right. a filter. Yeah. Yeah. Where like you do get like the three witches from Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Uh and you do get like Banquo and stuff like that, but it's kind of put through like this you know, the filter of that world. No, I yeah, you're, um, you're right. You're right. Almost almost as if like Shakespeare himself was inspired by those people. Right? Yeah, you know, it's the right story. It's kind of yeah. the sense. I mean, even but... Demona is a reference to Desdemona. Desdemona. Yeah. yeah. Real quick side. Is there Shakespeare in Young Justice that I'm not thinking about? Not that we know of, but <laughs> um, but uh, but um, Zach was saying earlier he thinks that's more Vietti's vehicle as opposed to Weissman. Oh, okay. Uh, so a lot no, of I that think is both of theirs. No, I'm I not. I'm not saying them. it's not one or other. But uh, when you look at Spider Man, you clearly see Weissman's print on it, largely as opposed to um, what you see with Young Justice. Like looking at a, his body of work over time, you can almost identify which is Weissman's and which is Vietti's as far as ideas right. and concerns are. are. I just I th- I think that the partnership with Vietti is a little bit different. I think that he just I think he just found somebody that's incredibly like coachable. Okay. You know, and just and learns from him really really well, and then is able to kind of like also sometimes be the best idea in the room. Yeah. You know. But a lot of what Weissman does, he likes to deal with what's going on now, and he falls heavy into mature things. He doesn't shy away from. Um, having his characters deal with the aspect of who they are, like personality stuff. That's all what uh, Gargoyles was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like, uh, what I love about Gargoyles is the gray in his characters. Like, uh, yeah, there's the villains, but there's no true villains. They're motivated by a trauma or a larger consequence that they're trying to overcome. And then there's the sympathetic characters that do bad things based upon um, their ignorance of the situation. You clearly see that in Awakenings with, yeah. um, the guy that's supposed to protect them, but makes a deal with mm-hmm. the people that attack the castle just because the people in the castle are prejudiced. Right. Uh, the uh, captain of the guards. Ex- right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is nice. And which uh, I like how the extended part of that almost dooms him for God knows how many years as a result of the act that he did, you know? And then there's Demona. God, yeah. you're talking about a tragic character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's one of the best yeah, characters but- easily in, yeah. in, in the show but i love how uh, they i love how they take their time to develop to, to show you what happened in the past where was city of stone city of stone doesn't happen so god but 20 episodes in in the second season yeah, it's, it's yeah it's early i remember it's like first disc of the second season <laughs> yeah. or something like that yeah that's a DVD. disc yeah yeah, that's, um, <laughs> yeah grandpa yeah. <laughs> well i mean but that's that's, that's that's how i watch the show i know but i mean i did too um yeah. Well, some of it. No. <laughs> Watching the pilot again mm-hmm. last night, it, it, I keep having the same thoughts that I forgot I had when I was watching it originally. And so, like, I think Xanatos mm-hmm. is maybe the best version of Lex Luthor we've ever seen. Like, uh, to <laughs> yeah. me, like, you yeah. know, like. Um, Jonathan Frake sells it. Yeah, oh, yes, he does. He does. He's yes, terrific. He does. Yeah. Yeah, well, we should talk about that, too, because uh, the voice director of this is a guy who I think gets no love whatsoever at all. It's a guy named Jamie Thomason, mm-hmm. who, you know, he's worked with Weissman. He's on Spectacular Spider-Man. He's on Young Justice. I mean, he I think he, he casts a good show. Yeah. You know, we had a lot of Star Trek alum, a lot of great, like, rich voices on there. And I thought, one of my favorite, like, like a. One that I don't think gets talked about, like Jim Belushi. 
Yeah, was one of the like oh, yeah. uh, like one of the mutate. He plays Fang. Mm-hmm. I remember, yeah, and I just yeah, thought like I'm like he's so good. He's so freaking good in this <laughs> right. episode. And yeah, I remember him now. He he just plays it in a way that it just it just seems like all those lines are just falling out of his head, mm. like at yeah. that moment. Yeah. And and I remember thinking when when we knew Weissman was doing Young Justice, I remember thinking like God, I hope because he works with a lot of the same actors over and over again. Mm-hmm. I was hoping we were going to get Jim Belushi as Lobo. We didn't. Not that, yeah. I mean, the guy that plays Lobo is awesome, but right. yeah, I yeah. mean, he was, he was my first choice. I wow. was hoping, but, <laughs> but no, no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. He, the voice cast on that is nice. Uh, or Sally Richardson is, um, Elisa Maza. Mm-hmm. She's nice as well. And uh, Asner Hudson. Yeah. Yes, Hudson. You also have, uh, what's his name as Puck? Um, Brent Spiner. Brent yeah, Spiner. Brent Spiner. That's mm-hmm. nice how he plays that. I think but that's not someone else. Clancy Brown. Yeah, yeah. Clancy. But what's nice how he uses Clancy Brown, he uses them as two different characters. He yeah. uses Clancy Brown, yeah. Uh, and you find there's a reason why. Yeah, and it's nice <laughs> because yeah. you think, it's, oh, he's he's using the character again. It's being cheap, but it's yeah. nice how he weaves it yeah. back it to the plot of the, yeah. yeah Marina Sirtis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's great. Oh, no. yeah. oh yeah, she's definitely so. Even got Michael Dorn. Yeah, in some yeah. episodes was he Coldstone? What was his yeah, name? Yeah, Coldstone. Yeah, Cold yeah. Okay. yeah, the amalgamation of certain gargoyles. Yes, but I love how they weave science into it. I, but no, I love. I know. Oh, I, I, I have this, the awakenings. The first, what the first five episodes. I love how everything they do comes back to that same time frame. Yes, in yeah. which it, it it centralizes their. Uh, it's like the greatest and worst part of their lives. And they can never escape from it. It's like every time the story goes a little bit further, you see how it all comes back to that one period in which, damn, what genocide that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> back in nine ninety four AD. Yes. Yes. But yeah, it's sophisticated for sure. It's not it's not the normal thing you would see in a kids' cartoon at, at all. that point. But but I love. I mean, but Clifton. I mean, you you brought up Batman the animated series, and I think that. Absolutely, I think that we don't Honestly. get gargoyles if Batman the Animated Series didn't come along first and kind of show, oh, wait, like we're going to kind of take these characters, I don't want to say seriously, but but like we're going to make it dramatic, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of took it to another level. Not like, but you will not find a bigger Batman the Animated Series fan than me, I promise you. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, those are mini movies, essentially. What sure. I love about yeah. Gargoyles is, is like we were saying, it's completely serialized. And I think that that's something that Weissman like really does best. I think, I think his strength as a writer is that like really thinking big, big picture. But this is, isn't this the first time where Disney goes into forever an action cartoon, basically. I mean, can you think of another action cartoon Disney has done other than, well, I take that back. Kim possible is the closest thing I can. Yeah, they've think. done some later. Yeah. yeah. Much later. later, but look at the time frame of that. I, just... I, I saw an interesting quote researching this, looking back at it, where they they, they liked the idea so much that they were thinking of Gargoyles as kind of like Fantastic Four, sort of like the, the property that launches an action li- li- universe li- li- like a universe for them. Huh. And so, and and if you look at uh, Ask Greg, which mm-hmm. is, he has, a, he has a website the that blog, he yeah. takes fan, fan questions, which is if you're into the show or any into his work, it's, you know, hours of entertainment. Cause I mean, he, he'll talk about anything. Yeah. Uh, it's on blog, but oh, I was going to interject is um, the fan falling that is immense. Yeah. It was a convention called the gathering mm-hmm. that happened every year after the show's demise in which people would get together to talk or even dress up as those characters 
for several years before it finally took a, a close to what it did. Yeah. So, um, again, I reiterated, I can't think of too many um, action cartoons that came out of Disney. Yeah. Um, like I said, Kim Possible. Uh, can you guys think of anything else that was action oriented that? But that, no, I, I, I mean, but Kim you, Possible was still a few years later. Yeah, like, yeah, like five years. Like five years. Not was, with, not with the same, I mean, there was action in shows that, that but it was more like, it's cartoonish, com- it's, it's cartoonish yeah. action. It's comedy, and then always comedy first. Duck right. Tales, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rescue yeah, Rangers, but it was yeah, right. it wasn't really... probably the closest they got. No, it's still comedy. Yeah, it was action. still comedy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I don't think Gargoyles. I, I mean, there was funny moments, but at no point did I mistake that for a comedy. Right. Again, like you said, it's it's almost again not to get back to Avatar, but it's almost the idea of yeah, there's you know genocide happens in both of them. Yeah, it does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have genocide. It's like. The, and in the opening, you know, in the opening episodes, yeah, it's you, when you stop to think about it, the, the gargoyles get wiped out, you know, in that first episode by Clancy Brown's character. And then you have the same thing with the airbenders and, you know, there's that there's a reason why he's the last one. Yeah. And, you know, at that point is because, you know, and that's for a kid's cartoon. That's that's, Very you know, hard, I mean, heavy. it's heavy enough for adults, much less yeah. for kids. That's I mean, granted, they don't they don't they don't put a stamp on it. They don't say, hey, kids, I'm letting you know that this is what's going on. But. You do see them in like rubble with yes, arms yeah. sticking yeah. out. Yeah. Like, right, yeah. right. In retrospect, it's very so dark. Yeah, <laughs> for, yeah, right. And that's what I'm saying. It's one of those things where, you know, outside of like Disney's quote unquote dark period, it's one of those things where it's very much a atmospheric show that definitely is outside the norm of what they were usually doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, this sure. is coming in right at the end of like Tailspin and DuckTales right. <laughs> right. and Rescue yeah. Rangers and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and I would even say, like, to this day, I still think haven't done anything on TV, at least, that was remotely close to this. No. As far as sophistication, right? Because even Kim Possible, I'll say, is Kim Possible predominantly Right, it's more comedy. It's a more comedy action. Yeah. Um, Just with a lot of heart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I no. Love, I, I love Kim I love, Possible. I love Kim great. Possible. Weissman wrote for that, too. He was a, <laughs> and he he was a freelance writer for that, yeah. But yeah, but no, I mean, going back to, I really think though that that's his strength is just thinking big picture and, and like the, the sense that you'll never really get a last episode from him ever because he's always like setting up more story and <laughs> yeah. setting up more story. And But one thing, I there are people that are really good at setting up, hey, this is what I'm thinking of. We need, There's obviously more story because the story really never ends in, in, yeah. in, in your, you know, in your world, your universe, which you create. But the idea is that it's it's definitely one of those shows that sets stuff up, but man, it pays stuff off as well. Yeah. Like that's something I think a lot of shows don't realize is you can only string people along with your, you know, your bullshit story yeah. <laughs> without paying it off. You have to pay it off. Otherwise, people get fatigued by the fact that there is no, you know, there's all that thing of like, again, it gets back to start story structure, the idea of the rising action, rising action, rising action, and you have to have a climax and then it begin to go down and then you build it back up again yeah and i think it's one of those the, one of those cartoons again that really does pay off a lot of oh, its yeah. story in in really satisfying ways it's one thinking back to what i said about when when they renewed it for season two and, they, and and it got such a huge order that they were immediately we got to think how to make the world bigger right we were talking in another episode how sometimes you get like writers that don't know how big their story should be mm-hmm. and everything and and i can't think of a scenario where 
like the show's better in season two, I think. Like it's better for all that stuff that they that they weren't prepared for that they had to flesh out, mm-hmm. I think. Well, I you mean, know what I mean? Well, I think I think it definitely I mean, it benefits from the fact that it, there's breathing room to allow for stuff to develop. Yeah. And then at the same time, a lot of the stuff that dovetails back in, you know, back to what, you know, the main story is or the where the you know, where the main focal point of the story is, as we were saying <clears throat> earlier, was just the fact that you have that those moments where ninety nine you know nine hundred ninety four you know right. is the you know is the flashpoint it's a focal point of like yeah. you know year nine ninety four yes the year yeah. right yeah yeah is the moment where everything you know you can point basically it all goes back to that right you know yeah no matter what pretty much you can draw a straight line from everything back to it and that I think that's important from like you know from that cataclysm event for them that is never too far from the main story no it, yeah I mean. That, that's what I was saying, too. Uh, n- not that specific, but I mean, but like it doesn't feel like stalling no, at no, any no. point. Not and, at all. Right? Like, right. Um, yeah. I mean, no, breathing room is, is is a good way of putting it. Like like stuff is given time to sort of like to, yeah, to, to, like, to, yeah, to marinate, to, right. to, you know, come to a boil, essentially. Yeah. I think I think if you're talking like a live action, I think like other shows that I think of would have paid off as well, like Battlestar. Battlestar Galactica, sure. the, the 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 Ron Moore stuff, I think, was one of those that basically would set stuff up, and you get a couple episodes, and it would pay off, and then it set stuff up, and then you get a couple episodes, and it pay yeah. that off, and there wasn't a lot of filler, the stuff that they wrote, and I don't feel that way with Gargoyles. I can't really think of Gargoyles that episode that I'm like, eh, they phoned that one in. <laughs> no, I can't either. I mean, the the one the one I guess like critical thing that I'll say about it is. It's so serialized. It's a hard show to talk about, and because I think, as 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 writers, it was really hard to juggle sort of the serialized stuff and give each episode like an individual identity, mm-hmm. right? Like, right. and I think Weissman as a producer and a showrunner got better with that in other series. Like, like Spectacular, I think, does it beautifully. Where like that's absolutely. A serialized show and oh, stuff sure. builds and builds and builds in it, but but those episodes feel like this is Sandman's return episode, and right. this is when Silver Venom Sable comes episode. back, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it feels not. I don't want to say one and done, but it feels like I remember that's the Colonel Jupiter one, right? Sure. And, and it has like like an identity of that. And Gargoyles, I think, does not quite have that. But what I'll say is, I think they even got better at that as it was going, because like after you get to the Avalon like three-parter and and they start doing like the world tour stuff like like those episodes feel like that like this is goliath in in ancient egypt and this is goliath (laughs) in easter island world war ii and stuff like that right so i think so i think he gets better at that but i mean but that's what makes it it, it's what makes talking about it so hard Mm. is is that they kind of run together a little bit uh, I, I think mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I go they run together. I think it more. I would. I was going to say what, what you're thinking about. My thought was, I think that more than any other series that he's done, I think that one flows better. I agree. But the reason why it flows better, it comes to a specific point and and uh, what they're trying to do. Beforehand, it almost felt like a villain of the week, in which mm-hmm. something would occur and they deal with it. It end. But when they're going at Gargoyle's world tour, they flesh out their world. You only get the sense of mythology with other gargoyles. Like let them feel like they're not the only one in the world, but you also get the the magic and the mythology and what it encompasses. You get um, Avalon's children, in which all those um, those child fairies or whatever you want to call them, right. whether it's the Gollum mm-hmm. or or even Odin, who's a yeah. part of that mythology. 
you get an understanding of how big it encompasses. And then it builds inclusion. It's different um, mythologies of different parts of the world. You get Indian mythology, you get Brazilian mythology, you get Japanese mythology. Indigenous American. Indigenous mythology. Yeah, exactly. And all of them are solid ideals and uh, myths or whatever you want to call it that people really believed in at one point. And yeah. it, it, it builds their world to make sure they, they're, they're just, they're, they're, what, they're part of the third race is the fairies in which they said the gargoyles yeah. were second. It just it just gave a, a better understanding of the world itself and what he was trying to create as opposed to here's some guys that were lost in time, like Buck Rogers, so to yeah, speak. Why? But those are all the later episodes, though. I mean, that's what I'm saying is that, yeah. like, is as it went on, mm -hmm. they got better at that sort of thing. So I would say, I, for me, un, unfolding was, I think, spectacular, was, his, was like, the leanest mm -hmm. show yeah. and unfolded, I think, the best because it, it did have – like I said, that serialized component, but everything had like it's one and done. I don't want to sound like I'm being unfair to Gargoyles because I love it. And, and saying running together is sort of uh, overtly negative, and I don't mean that. But what I mean is that like there's a lot of a lot of the same set pieces in a lot of the early episodes and then like the first half of season two, and it just makes it a little bit harder to distinguish them, right? Sure. Until, until the second half, well, everything. like like I said, it's easier because this is. Right. This is uh China. this is the yeah. Japan episode, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, the first thirteen, everything happened in New York. In the yeah. first, in the second one, it, it, well, New York and Scotland, because they kept going back to that that time back right. in nine ninety five. But in the second one, like you said, Japan, Brazil, yeah. uh, Arizona, it, 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 that raft gave them a reason to move it out uh, out of New York. Because God help me, everything happened in New York. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it, it felt like Marvel. <laughs> right. If a crime occurred, even even when they brought um King Arthur, why is yeah. King Arthur in New York? You know, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I get what you're saying as far as how it grew together because it was an overall theme. If you want to compare it to Spider Man, it was when the um the Goblin became obsessed with them, in which everything focused on the Goblin and his dealing with the Goblin. It, it stopped becoming again the villain of the week, in which you actually had an arc which you dealt with something specific. Mm -hmm. That's how I saw right. the um the world tour aspect of it. Which all led to the gathering, which was. I don't nice. think villain of the week. I mean, I may be reading into. I, I, I'm perceiving like you saying like villain of the week is a bad thing though, and I, no, don't, I'm not, see, I don't see villain of the week as a bad thing. Like I like that. I no, think, no, but, there's nothing wrong with it, but it just it condenses it in that one area, right. in which it's like for some reason or another you're in the worst place in the world. Yeah. Where uh, you know there's there's other places, other things that happen around the world in which you might be needed there, but it gave it a reason for them to be there as opposed to. Again, like I said with Marvel, for some reason or another, New York is the worst place in the world because that's where all crimes and villains converge out and you have to be there in order to be a superhero. Right. Uh, but in the second half of Gargoyles, it, you get the feeling of they exist. That's why all these things are happening to them as opposed to um, I'm in New York. So, yeah. shit, I got to deal with crime bosses. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and, for me, it was, I, I think a lot of what why Gargoyles you know, resonated so well for me was the fact we were talking about earlier was the fact that it's not, I mean, unlike spectacular young justice, I knew where to leave. Right. Most of the time. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, every now and they would slip something in that it's fan service or there'd be a bit where I'm like, Oh, that's cool. They, you know, I didn't realize that was that, or, you know, they'd have somebody for a moment, you know? Right. And then it would, but with gargoyles, I always felt like no matter what they were doing, whether it was like, even when they're in the world tour stuff, I felt like, okay, they're expanding their world. And they're giving me more of what other gargoyles or other characters are like in other parts of the world, right? Right. But at the same time, I thought they were really good about turning over cards with the characters themselves. 
right. either putting them in a situation or making them, you know, have moments or, or, or bits. And, and again, I, you know, up until that point, you only know what you've been told through the earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no point of reference other than the early episodes, you know, for, for, you know, sometimes you don't know what the character's thinking until they say it. That's one of the things I liked about Gargoyles because it was newly in whole cloth, something else as opposed to, well, I know what, I know that clearly that Max Dillon's going to become Electro. <laughs> you right. know, I know that yeah. Eddie Brock at some point is going to get a Venom costume. You know, it's, yeah, it's you I mean, know what I mean? It's, it's a different, uh, it's a different sensation watching it. I mean, for, for me, Spider-Man, what, what's, and I don't want to make it too much about that, but but what's interesting about it is seeing sort of how all of that stuff's like weaved together and how he's taking things from different eras and kind of making it all play with the with each other, mm-hmm. right? Because Venom and Dr. Octopus are separated by how many years, you know, publication-wise, but, you know, they're in the same season. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're right. introducing the same season. Yeah. And, and like, I like that, but, but that is a different sensation from, Where's this going to go next? I don't know anything about these characters, right? right. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of maybe I know the Shakespeare play. And even that's necessarily not even a, a tell of <laughs> no. where it's going to go. No. That's just a touch. You know? For me, that was just like a touchdown of like with yeah. Shakespeare that I knew and read. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That he's incorporating some of the stuff. Like when you see like the witches from Macbeth, I'm like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But I always had the thing also that you were saying, Tommy, the idea that, you know, you felt like these were characters that existed and all that Shakespeare did was take notes, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> just yeah. wrote down the story like, well, this is what I witnessed. So this is what happened. So... But they were actual, full, you know, full flesh and blood. It's almost like kind of like *Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen*, the idea that these characters are all, all these Shakespeare characters, are sort of in a shared universe. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. they all exist at the same time, just in different parts of England or whatever, yeah. or Scotland yeah. or Ireland or wherever. But I like how yeah. he how he weaves it into being Oberon's children. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fact that Oberon is the oldest dirt. Right. So you have all these characters or uh, image or kids or whatever you want to call them. Um, existing through Oberon, yeah. regardless of how they came to be. One thing I like too is how to develop the characters. Like of the gargoyles, you had specific types. Like what you said, which um which is Broadway, he was a childlike one. Always eating. Yeah. Um Lexington became the techie person because he was always curious. interested in machines yes. right from the yeah. start. And then Brooklyn yes. what became the, the quip <laughs> the the sullen teenage uh angsty well, it, it just bit, it, it kind of like the reluctant leader yes, when, when yes, he was when yes. he was Goliath was gone. Yeah, doing yeah. The, yeah, the world tour stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, I was just like how, and then also you get certain rivalries with certain people with certain gargoyles. Mm-hmm. This one hated this one. This one didn't like this one. Like for example, when Demona tricked Brooklyn. Every time Brooklyn came in the room, he felt the need to hit her first or, or <laughs> right. for the rush to, to 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 beat her ass just because of what he did to it. It made him. Um, Blue side of the bigger picture. Sure. Yeah. I like too how he made like the gargoyles feel like a real species. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. With like yes. a culture. Yes. The, like, so, so like Goliath and Demona, when they're involved, in, you know, in the Scotland stuff, like you never see them kiss because that's not what they, they do. Yeah. That's not what they like, do. Like their thing is that they, they embrace and they like rub each other's hair and stuff like that. And, and like, I, I never noticed that that was pointed out to me like in a commentary or something like that. <laughs> yeah. but I thought that was interesting. And I like that, you know, their eyes are glowing and and stuff like that. And and Demona's eyes were red because she was the bad guy, but they didn't want to like Lean tip their that. hat that she was going to be the bad guy. So they made it. They're like, no, no, just the females all have their eyes red. So like Angela comes along later on, like same thing. Her eyes are right. red. Ah, and, yeah. wow, that's <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, I didn't know that as well. Right. I just thought she was just related to Demona. That's why. That's she why was she red. red. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I like that it's not. It's just there. It's not. 
given so much like hey, hey like like we're putting time into this stuff i just like that it's just there and if you catch it great and if not oh well well that was something that I, didn't, I did notice when you were talking about before we talked about gargoyles and you had mentioned something about they're immigrants right and they're coming to new york <laughs> and the idea what i thought was really cool watching it watching it again this time was the idea that it's mentioned in the in the past that like well we don't have names Goliath yeah. has a name but we don't have a name when it's like hey friend you know yeah, yeah. And then when they be, they they basically make the the journey, not of their not of their own willing. Like there's almost like a slave metaphor there that they don't. Oh, very much so. Ellis Island. Yeah, yeah. and they go to Ellis oh, yeah. Island, and they don't really have names before that. And then when they get there, they choose new adopted American oh, yeah. names, mm-hmm. which new is interesting. Yeah, you know? new identities. Yeah. They, you know, they take on new names for their new life in this new country. Yeah, which again is also something that's you know they don't they don't hammer you over the head with it, but they definitely do. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I yeah. never thought of that. A oh, big time. Because when the, the very first part is when you know Hudson's like, okay, fine, I'm Hudson. He doesn't expect the river to have a name. He's like, do you name the river? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she yeah. says it's called the Hudson. Yeah. He's like, oh, call me that. All right, fine. <laughs> so, but I, I noticed that was something I noticed when I, when, from what you said before, which is I noticed that whole idea of like, well, that's you know, again, the Ellis Island and being immigrants, you could almost, like I said, almost make it a slave metaphor. The fact that you know. They don't really, they're, they're, their old identities don't matter anymore. And now they're taking on these new identities. Yeah. Right. For this new start in this new quote unquote world. Yeah. yeah. I, I like all the fact of what Xanax was tricking like, like a typical immigrant. Uh-huh. Like, it, right. Since you're not above this world. I know it's a person at a time, but it's the whole thing of you're the first of our meeting. So I'm trusting you despite right. your overall agenda. Uh, yeah. And I like the stubbornness with it because their old world beliefs still pervade in this new era mm-hmm. in which it's almost to their detriment. That right. They have to move on and be better than what um, what they what have you learned from the past that's hurting you now, basically, understanding that this is not the world you're in, even yeah. though you have strong moral conviction, it, it'll save you and hurt you all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's I mean, certain aspects of it. I mean, how he treats those characters. It's it's nice or enjoyable to have that sense of foundation Mm -hmm. that they don't deviate from you know no yeah exactly like yeah it's amazing like he doesn't like like i was saying with like the kissing stuff like that stuff's like never contradicted no it's not like they're careful about like they're maybe more careful than than most shows of mining like what happened before and being like we can't do this because this this screws this up Mm -hmm. no it's just it's meticulously put together and like I mean, I would put this show right up against any live action show. I really would. Yeah. I really, really would. Yeah. I'm surprised you're not talking more about Xanatos. I say Demon is my favorite character. Really? To me, they watered down Xanatos towards the end. Yeah. Just how he gives in and changes his spirit, yeah. which is nuts. I, I get it for his child, right? That they help, but Demona, wow, yeah. <laughs> she changes, but not in a sense of what you want her to change because she's still the same person from the first ish, from the first one where she hates the humans. But ironically, she works with humans the most over a given part of well, time. That, that's what I was going to say when you're bringing up the idea of like, okay, they're fresh. The base of the gargoyles are fresh off the boat. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and exactly. and Xanatos is the one who's like, no, no, really. I, I'll look out for you and help. Yeah, you. I, I got you. But yeah. you can tell like Demona was like, I'll throw one of the humans to get my, get my agenda yeah. across. I have no problem. Yes. We didn't even talk about Macbeth. Like that's another like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like fantastic character that, you know, tied in with Demona, like Sean yeah. Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. They lean heavy with that accent. Jeez, yeah. I, I find it funny that they're all from Scotland, but he has the the, the sharpest, mm. hardest mm. Scottish accent out of the bunch. Yeah, yeah. Played by Sala. 
from Who's, Indiana Jones. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I never looked that up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I just love the action. I think it's funny that he that he's with Sean Connery in Last Crusade. And I'm like, oh, and he's doing Sean so, Connery on, yeah, on yeah. the show. On the he's show, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a monarch of the sea. Yeah. Really? John yeah, Reese Davies. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. I yes. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I love Macbeth. He's a great character. Macbeth. Oh, my God. Oh, no, I, I love Demona. Great, great character. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gosh, it's just, it's just. I love the, I love the end of the City of Stone, which the, um, the weird sisters, the, uh, mm. the, the witches, chronicles her life and what she blames other people, and then they pull it back on her. Well, who did this? And then she, then she switches the topic to go to another person. They're, they're messed up. Well, well, yeah. well who, who led them to do this? But it's funny. That's a, but that's a callback again. Watching the, the Awakening, that's a callback to Goliath because she's like, remember, she tells Goliath from that point, like, listen, if you had just taken, if you had just gone, we had made a deal, yeah. everything was gonna be fine, and you just didn't listen. And he's like, no, it's your fault. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you made her, the deal. You made the, the deal, and she doesn't want to hear it. The no. coolest <laughs> story I have about pushing gargoyles uh, onto somebody is I did. I, I took a Shakespeare class. Okay. And I went back to school and we had to do like this oral presentation. And so I was doing mine on like Shakespeare and other media. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And as part of that, I used clips from Spectacular Spider-Man and Gargoyles nice. to be, to, to kind of show them because it, it, like I made them, I showed them a Spider-Man clip that made everybody go like, what the hell? Why is he showing a Spider-Man in the Shakespeare class? And then it cuts to them doing the, the um, auditions. And the auditions are all like quotes from Shakespeare. Shakespeare monologues, and it like perfectly lines up with what is happening in this in the episode. Yes, it does. And then I went into like the weird sisters stuff like that from uh, Gargoyles and City Stone stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember my teacher going like, "What show was that?" <laughs> I'm like, it's, "It's Gargoyles." Like you know, ran in the '90s, and I just and she's like, you know, just jotting that down like, <laughs> yeah. in her notes like Gargoyles, and like and she got into it, like yeah, <laughs> like yeah. my professor got into it, so. Yeah, no, I th that's my coolest story about pushing it on this. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, so the Ask Greg website, one of the things I remember him seeing, reading him saying is that if the show had gone on long enough, he would, he had plans for like introducing all kinds of mythology and like doing and like using more characters from Arthurian legend and stuff like that. So he's like, had it like, we just, we just ran out of space. Like, you know, you remember you gave me that book that was signed. And yeah. that was a spinoff too. Was it villains? Was it bad, bad guys? guys. Bad, guys. bad guys. Yeah, that's a great spinoff and idea. It and is. Another one was the Olympics. There are many of them. Mm. There. Yeah. So, going back to what I was saying, where they were like they kind of saw it as Fantastic Four setting up like a universe of stuff. Like he had a ton of spinoff ideas that he pitched his shows, and Bad Guys was one of them. That ended up becoming a comic book. Yeah. And he sort of ended up doing kind of like a season three in the comics also called clan building. There's two volumes of that, oh, I which I think that. are out of, out of print, had to but be. it's all really good. Really, really good stuff. But I mean, like I said, you, you can play around on his site and just see like, he talks about like, he's, he's not going into spoilers for anything, but like, You'll he goes more in depth of like, this is, this was the, what I had in mind for the hunters. And this is what I had in mind for the quarry men and, and all that sort of stuff. So hmm. yeah, I, I wish the show he did the Quarrymen because that's season three stuff. So that so that was in his Notes. script for the ah, first for the was. first episode. Of course it was. <laughs> so I mean the tragic thing is that like he saw the writing on the wall and essentially season three came along and all those and he knew they were all getting kind of like pushed out the door. Okay. And so I think Carrie Bates was the only writer that stuck around and none of the other like producers that knew the show or knew where there was gonna go 
So all these new people came on board and they had to sort of like find their way. Okay. And that's sort of why why Goliath Chronicles kind of goes off and it's, oh, yeah, it's weird tangent, other yeah. tangent. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but he does sort of like a retelling of of the journey in in those comics. Okay. If you can find those. But okay. um, another thing I got look that's not yeah. a trade. Oh, <laughs> great show. Great, great show. So uh to wrap up though, so if the show does come back, let's say that, what are our expectations? What are we hoping? What are we I mean it's it's a long time. Well, to me, the first thing, <laughs> it's going to be a time skip. Yeah, it's a present right. day. Oh, yeah. That's a, what I want. Yeah. I want to 2019. Yeah. Mm. I want to see who. With Maza, like 50-year-old. Uh, <laughs> uh, a grizzled Maza. Uh, yeah, that'll be sad. With Goliath, who's only aged maybe slightly. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, oh, oh, because I think at one point it said Goggles aged three times slower than humans. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. At, at that point, they made that known in the series. So well, she doesn't have to be one of the golden girls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but you know, she but can you, be spry. Yeah, but it leaves the whole thing of, you know, he might be with her daughter or, you know, that type no, of thing. No, no, no. He's with her. Wow. No. <laughs> Sharon not, Carter, Agent Carter? Not romantically. Oh. God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just because. Well, partnered be, up, yeah. Sure. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> Jeez. Like solving crime. Yeah. Thank you, because. That would it because if Goliath well Goliath was in his youth during that part of time, mm-hmm. so he'd It'll be, be their more daughter, mental. Right? Whose daughter? It'd be their daughter. The two of them. You mean Angela? No, it'd be Goliath no. and Maza's daughter. No. <laughs> no, I don't know if that works. No, yeah. I think so. Hybrid? No, we meet half breeds, don't we? No. Yeah, we do. I'm they lay sure. eggs. <laughs> no, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure we meet a half breed. They lay, they, they lay well, eggs. I know exactly what to say. No, they're not, com- <laughs> yeah, they're not sure. compatible. They, I'm pretty, no, I don't remember, know. okay, all right. They lay we eggs. You have to look this up. I don't know. They lay eggs. I understand, but I think. <laughs> I, 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 would think you, I What I'm saying is, I think they already set it up. I think they've already weird. told us it can happen. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, to me, okay, don't. So I'm, that's I'm, not I'm, on Tommy's I'm only dismissing it. Because they don't reproduce the same way, right? That's all. That's just like we saying we have to look into. That's it just like I, saying if I, I live with a bird I long think, enough, I'll I have bird children. Do. Bird person, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, I think they, uh, I think they but do. But to me, we, if they do do that, that's Savarius and stuff with the with the with the genetic splicing. To and be stuff. fair, we've seen obviously we've seen that kind of stuff go on in the series, and we've seen enough magic and enough science that it's, it's not so beyond the realm of possibility that it could happen. But well, they make out like <laughs> no. I'm not saying they don't love each other. I'm not disputing the romance. What I'm saying is they're not genetically compatible. They're a different race. On top of that, they took their eggs to go hatch. I don't recall any human having eggs. Right. That's why. I'm not I'm not dissuading (laughs) what you want to occur. She's not gonna lay the eggs. (laughs) She's gonna give birth. I not just, him. I just think That's it's just even weirder. I, just, I mean, my, my thing is, <laughs> my thing is that that obviously it's their their romance is. I think it was heavily influenced by the um, the Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, show. the show oh. very much so. That that show had a big hand in. Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I understand. You're skeeved out by it, yes. but I'm just saying the uh, Linda Linda Hamilton, Hamilton. Linda Hamilton yeah. and, and Ron Perlman, Ron Perlman yes. show. Very much influenced those two characters, the Goliath and mm-hmm. Goliath and stuff. That it was very much a play on that. That you know, it was that people looked at that series like, okay, this is what we want it to be. And it, it's it's apparent that obviously they're they're affectionate toward each other and they have a thing. 
But, you know, whether or not we're going to get, you know, a magic or scienced baby <laughs> or offspring between the two of them, you know, we could. Right. I don't know. Tommy There's ways. Yeah, there are ways. <laughs> there are ways. Visibly. Oh, you can't, no one can see it, but he's it's visibly cringing. Oh. There are ways. Gotcha. Oh. There are ways. There are ways. <laughs> yes. Cute. Yes. <laughs> yes. What about, so this, this is, it's a 25-year-old show. Uh-huh. Uh, what about the show visually? animations come a long way oh it's gonna be amazing and i think well okay but this is this is the thing so for me when a show comes back i i appreciate when it looks a little bit like what i remember it to be this is like so i give samurai jack a lot of credit for mm-hmm. not evolving the show too too much right right and when young justice came back like like Phil Barassa's style has changed sure over time and what i like about young justice is that He's not doing the movie style. He's doing the show style. Right. Like he's okay. got the proportions back and everything. So, I mean, this show is not going to just be like season three, season four. This is going to be a relaunch. But I'm just, I'm just curious, like what you guys think visually, like how much. I, I don't even know if a show could look like right. that. That style, yeah. that style is not being made in animation yeah. no. today. I mean, it's a lot. It's of, just not. It's yeah. a lot of painted backgrounds. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. it's just not beautifully yeah. painted backgrounds. No, no, I, you know, don't get me wrong. And I, to me, it depends on what. Um, what they take with the show, we may not even get the same character. You may get a uh, a new generation as a as, uh, as a result of it. Like what you say with your hybrids, probably. Yeah. So, <laughs> or but just with, more of hatched. Yeah, yeah. But but what I'm trying to entail is if if we, it's it's almost as if we it'll give them the initiative to create a different style because we're seeing the new incarnation of the series. Yeah. So you won't true. you won't so much adhere to the old one. You'll just see it as a, as a new envisioning of the series so to speak which makes it different or makes the other one aged it could be like kid stories basically right it's not it's it, it's not a reimagining of the series it's just moving forward correct is that is yes. that what i'm going that's to what say? that's what i want from it i don't yeah. want it to be a you know retelling of what we've already seen or a reimagining or i almost yeah. think i almost think that it has to be a, a very much a demonstrative much like in the year 994 something horrible happened Right. It has to be along those lines of something happens and this is where we're picking up the story again. Even if it's, they've they've gone their separate ways or they're disparate, they're no longer a clan, they're no longer together, what have you. I'm all for, yes, these are, these episodes in 90, you know, the 94, 97 stuff happened, but I don't need it to be, like you said, I don't need to be season three and season four. It's perfectly right. fine if we get the time jump and then it's basically picking up where their stories would be at this point. Yeah. No, I mean, I know he's got ideas. Like I said, you play on his website. He's got no, he's got plenty yeah. of ideas. I don't know. I mean, I think the time has passed for some of that sure. stuff. But, I mean, I know he had some cool stuff with, like, Brooklyn and, mm-hmm. and you know, time travel related stuff. Yeah, so. Lexington, too. Oh, I just, yeah, I remember the Brooklyn one. That was the uh, the uh, yeah, future stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, I hope it happens. I hope, I hope the keep binging gargoyles. If you, you want know, to see it back, goes keep on. binging. Yes. Um, and start binging gummy bears, Frank. It, yeah. <laughs> Will do, yes. It's on it's, Disney+. Plus. How did you hate gummy bears? I didn't hate it. I just didn't watch it. <laughs> it's on. worse. Okay. <laughs> it's exciting that, that it's like finally able to be streamed someplace. Because, I mean, this was, this was not an easy show for me to watch. Because I had a DVD for season one. Then the season two DVD came out a year later. And then there was like... A year. Then there were six years yeah. in between... See, it was like so season two was released in, in halves mm-hmm. and it was like six years so i had to like figure out how to see the rest of the season two i did like luckily 
you know, unfortunately, I will say also that, you know, somebody pirated it and put it on YouTube. And that was how I that was how I had to watch it because there's no other way. I mean, but now that Disney Plus has it out, it's cool that people can watch the whole thing in one shot. And, in good uh, quality. Yeah. In good quality. And uh, and Clifton, I think you were telling me that, that like a coworker of yours was showing it to his son who was eight years old. And and he's like, he's loving it, which is He's been great. binging and, it all weekends. Yeah, it's very cool. It's not just a nostalgia thing. It's still working. No, it's still time. working on kids today. Yeah. So, so I hope it does come back. So with that, should we sign off? All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Dashing and daring, courageous and caring, faithful and friendly with stories to share. All through the forest, they sing out in chorus, watching along as their song fills the air. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. High adventure that's beyond compare. They are the gummy bears. Magic and mystery are part of their history along with the secret of gummy berry juice the magic is flowing they take pride in knowing ah <laughs> that's all i can remember <laughs> i love that stupid show oh my god oh my god i love that show. oh that was awesome <laughs>